1999. And uh, one of the things I can say about our pastors, they've always protected the anointing. They don't let any foolish stuff go on in this church. And I'm thankful for that because it's the anointing that is going to break the yoke and that's going to set us free and give us the edge to overcome the enemy. I don't know about you, but I'm in love with the anointing. My good friend, Tony Carcentino, how many of y'all know Tony? He, t he told me about six months ago, he says, Kevin, I've been in like 52 churches. He says, and I'm telling you, there's not an anointing like at the River Church. He said, I can't understand it. I can't put my finger on it. He says, I've been in all kinds of different services from Baptist, Pentecost, Methodist. He says, I, we're reaching out to the city, trying to unify the city. And he said, there's no place that I have felt the river and the anointing flow with power like at the River Church. So we should consider ourselves blessed in this house and thankful to our pastors that they protect the anointing. Amen? Well, tonight... Uh, is lesson something something, I'm not sure. And I ask you tonight, I think lesson four, huh? Okay, lesson four. Okay, so I ask you tonight, how many of y'all would be okay with me flowing tonight? How many of y'all would be okay if I kind of maybe veer from the script tonight and just kind of go in the leadings and the promptings of the Lord? I didn't really get a lot of instructions from pastor as to what you want me to do. He says, here's the script, just work it like you work it. I'm thinking to myself, Pastor, you know how I work it? I like don't work it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles up to 1 John chapter 2, verses 26 and 27. Sal, that's you back there? Come on, Sal. Sal, hey man, I'm thinking you about to be Mr. Olympia with all the workout videos. Definitely Mr. Addis. All right. Verse 26. The Lord spoke to me through these scriptures as I was preparing for this message on the anointing. It says in verse 26, these things I have written to you concerning those who try. Everybody say this word. Not try. Deceive. We can do it. Let's try it again on the count of three. One, two, three. Deceive. Deceive. Who's trying to deceive us? The devil. Constantly, always, he never stops. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true... And is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Man, I read that, and I've read it a hundred times, but this time I just walked away with something new, and I want to share that with you tonight. So in verse 26, he's saying, basically what he's saying, some people crept in to their early church and tried to deceive the people by teaching them false doctrine by teaching them some things that wasn't quite right. How many of y'all know it doesn't take much to get it wrong? I mean, just a little leaven leavens the whole lump, as the scripture says. Just a little bit of error will flaw the purity 
of something God has called pure. And so these people came in and they was trying to teach the people something that wasn't right. But how many of y'all know what was behind that was the enemy. To take their freedom that was in Christ. And then he says, but the anointing which you have received. Oh, this is so beautiful. I looked up that word anointing. That word anointing means an endowment. It means to be smeared. So basically what he's saying, you receive this endowment, this smearing, when you gave your life to Jesus and the Holy Ghost came upon you and that power is so that you can identify what the truth is. And what he's saying is, he's saying, look, He's not saying you don't need a teacher. He's saying what you've received will let you know what you're being taught if it's truth or if it's the lie. That is in us. Isn't that good news? That it's already inherently put in us. That we have the ability and the power to know when truth is being spoken. The Bible says my sheep hear my voice and they will not follow another See, that is given to us with this anointing. And it says it will teach you all things, and it's true, and it's not a lie. So we should be able to, we should be able to identify what the lie is from the truth. Why? Because the scripture says you will abide in him. That's what it all comes down to, is what we believe. We're talking about the anointing tonight. We're talking about this overflowing power that comes from the Holy Ghost that he has smeared upon us, that he has given us so that we would be able to identify truth. Why? Because the Bible says that if, our, if we don't identify truth and we identify the lie as part of who we are, then the scripture says our heart will condemn us and we will not have confidence towards God. And if that happens and I don't have confidence towards God, then I won't abide in him if I don't have confidence. And watch this. And the anointing won't flow in and through me if I believe the lie. Are you here? Tonight we're going to be talking about things that hinder the flow of the anointing in your life. Have you ever felt the anointing? Have you ever been in the anointing? Have you ever lost the anointing? Chris, if I can, I want to share this story with the, with the group. Chris tells me this story. He was, uh, he was in Starbucks, and he was witnessing this guy. I think it was Alan Woolley, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was Alan Woolley, and you was in Starbucks, and you were witnessing, and you was telling, and, man, the Holy Spirit was, like, on you, man. You went to this guy, man. You start preaching to him, and then you, like, sit down, and then all of a sudden you feel like you're supposed to go, Talk to a woman. You remember that? Okay, but the concept is right. All right, that's good. All right, I'm going to David Hogan it tonight. All right, so, so Chris says that he, he has this unction to go talk to this woman, and she's in Starbucks. And he's like, the anointing is flowing through him, man. He feels a vibration, but all of a sudden, he was like, I ain't doing it, Lord. I ain't doing it. 
All of a sudden, this Chris testifies this, this story, and I never forgot this. He said, it was like the anointing just flowed out of his body. He said, like, I felt it from my head just come out, like, through my toes, through my feet. How many of y'all don't want to live in that? I remember when Gabe was, like, 10 years old, my youngest son, and we went to uh, Celebration Station right there on Airline Highway, and we were riding some rides, and I was just trying to connect with Gabe, and, and Gabe was like, Daddy, I want to get on that ride. And so we go over there, and he's like two inches too short. You know how he's got the line, you must be this tall? And he's like two inches too short. I was like, Gabe. And he's like, he's trying to like stretch his <laughs> neck out on there. And the guy's like, no, man. He's like, you can't ride a ride. And, and Gabe is like totally upset. I said, man, let's just go get some pizza. And so we go sit and we, we're having pizza. And all of, our, all of a sudden, I hear this thought in my heart. Whether it was the Lord, or I don't know. But I hear this thought, and the thought goes like this. this. I hear this state. It was like profound statement. It was this. Wherever you point your anointing to, you will have success. Just like that. I was like, Gabe, put that pizza now. Let's go. I grabbed his hand. I don't even remember what I said. All I know, five minutes later, he's on a ride. <laughs> that worked. Hey, y'all, that worked Monday when I got pulled over by the cop. I'm riding, dude, and like the cop is standing in the street. Like, what cop stands in the highway, right? Like, you didn't see a cop car nowhere. And I'm just talking to uh, Colin, who's with me, my, uh, the guy that's working with me. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm from like here to Nadia, from the cop, and he's like in the street going like this. And I'm like, inspection sticker, seatbelt. I'm thinking all, of, all these things. And I look down, and my seatbelt's not on. I'm like, oh my God. I always wear my seatbelt. Like, like, I make everybody buckle up. Like, you got your seatbelt on? You got your seatbelt on? You got your seatbelt on? I didn't have mine on. So, like, I literally, I, I pull up to the, to the police officer, and I'm like, I'm not sure. I, I just bust out laughing, y'all. How many of y'all know your smile and your laugh is anointed, right? I just bust out laughing. Dude, I'm telling you, I always buckle up. Always. He's like, pull over, sir. So I pull over, and I'm just like, I, I cannot believe this is happening. It's like almost surreal. Like, I always buckle up, and I'm getting ready to get a ticket for seatbelt, right? And so he walks up to me, and uh, I'm like, man, I said, uh, I said, listen, I always have, I said, I'm like the guy. And then the guy that's in the passenger side, he's like my witness, like, yeah, he told me to buckle up today. <laughs> and the cop is just looking at me. He's like, don't know what to do. And, I, and he goes like this. And I'm just laughing. I'm like laughing, y'all. I'm literally laughing. Not mocking laugh, but I'm just laughing that this is happening. And he's like, and he kind of lets his sigh out. And I knew what that sigh meant. He's going to let me go. He gonna, I, I done been pulled over too many times. I already know. I, I'm, I'm working this dude. And so he says, um, he said, let me see your license. Oh, my God, I forgot my license. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Oh, man, now I got to go deep for the anointing. <laughs> I said, you're not going to believe this. I never forget my license. Never. This is a true story. 
I had to go deep on that one. I was like, may the Lord, may the Lord bless you, sir. May, may the Lord, God's going to bless you. He's like, I was going to let you go if you had your license. And he walks away. He's like, you know your license number? And he comes back with this little machine, and he types in my license number. He's like, all right, sir, have a nice day. One day I had Scott and Ari in the truck with me, and uh, we were coming over the bridge, and I got, I got pulled over. <laughs> Doing like, oh, n n never mind. Anyway, <laughs> so I got pulled over, and uh, Scott asked my wife while I'm out there with the cops, does this happen often? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be talking about this. Anyway, I prayed for the cop, and he let me go. <laughs> Wherever you point your anointing, you will have success. Wherever you point your anointing, you know, with a pure heart. Listen, I don't have a problem asking for mercy. I don't have a problem asking for help. I don't. I will flat out ask them, you got any mercy today? Not going 20 miles over the speed limit. <laughs> I kept asking him, you got any mercy? You got any? I kept asking him. Finally, he got tired of it, and he says, all right, sir. And he lets me, but I said, well, let me pray for you first. And so then I prayed for him. And then I saw the dude the next day at the gun range. He's like, you still speeding? I was like, no, no, sir, not at all. I love, love the anointing. And I'll tell you this, I love the anointing on your life. I love the anointing on other people's lives. Uh, Thomas and, and, and Bernard and I were all talking, and we were talking about, you know, when we come in a service and I see somebody praying in tongues, or I see somebody praying, it comforts me. It brings a level of comfort because I know that the anointing is flowing, and you'll find my, I'll find myself gravitating toward the person that's got something on them. I've had services where it just wasn't on me. The anointing wasn't on me for whatever reason. And I'm like, who's got the anointing in here? I'm about to tap into a well because you got something to give. And I just love it. And I think we should celebrate one another's anointings. Because there's no, listen, all of our anointings and the flow of God. And you might be saying, what is the anointing? What are you talking about? Well, let me tell you what the anointing is. The anointing in, in Kevin vernacular, okay? Because I'm sure pastors talk to y'all about this already. But the, the anointing in Kevinese is, this is the anointing. It's a supernatural energy that makes me more than who I am. It makes me greater than who I am. How many of y'all saw the Marvel movies? And we got the super soldiers like Captain America and, and uh, Spider-Man. It's like I got bit by the spider of heaven. You heard? And something happens to me that makes me more than I am. It doesn't always come on me like that. As a matter of fact, I've had, I have finished preaching sessions, and I've had people waiting for me at the door to say, man, the Lord told me that I need to be with you from early in the morning to late at night. I'm like, that ain't God. But I, I know what you saw. You think that what you saw me preaching in Right there is how I live my life all the time. 
That's a supernatural anointing that comes upon me for the mantle of a preacher, for the mantle of an evangelist. That will come on me. And it's not even for me. Check this out. It's for you. It's a gift for you. Now, I'm not saying I don't flow in other anointings. I do. And the way that I see it is like this. I see it like the anointing is like the Mississippi River. It's like a huge river. And that's, the, that's where we get the energy, the power. Uh, Rachel and I call it the jacket. It's like we get the jacket. And many times we'll be like, hey, you had the jacket. Like, you, did you put it on? Like the Iron Man suit, you know what I mean? Like something just came on me that was beyond me. And like all this stuff is coming out of me. Where is it coming from? I don't know, but it's beautiful. I love it. And so when that happens, it's, oh, my God, it's so fun. It's so amazing. I am the best version of who I am in the anointing. In the anointing, I'm something that I've always wanted to be in his presence, in his anointing, in what he's put on me, especially when I'm ministering and I'm preaching. It's like a supernatural flow. It's like a, it's an energy. It's like a river that comes out, but then that river branches out into little streams, into little bayous and, and you know, little, little different offcuts. And so that little offcut could be me as a businessman. I still carry an anointing in the business realm, but it comes from the mainstream of the anointing. I just have a different work that's working out of the same anointing that I got from Jesus Christ, from the Holy Ghost. It's the same anointing. And people have questioned, what is different about you? I don't understand why I'm giving you this job and it's $5,000 more than the other guy. I get that all the time. I just had a customer just say that. Miss Charlotte, Chris, she's like, I, I gave y'all a job. But, and it's because the anointing. It's the anointing that's on Chris's life. It's the anointing that's on my life. It's an offshoot. And we get that all the time. And so I have an anointing. For, for being a witness, I have an anointing uh, for being a, a father, for, for, for being a dad, you know, for being a dad to my children. I've seen times where I've set my children down and like it ain't working, but all of a sudden, like I'm talking to them, I'm trying to get through to them. And then all of a sudden, whoop, I know it, it just came. It just came from heaven into me. I don't know where it came from. I'm just telling you it just came, all right? And it, and, and it made me alive and activated something in me to speak and to communicate beyond my natural ability. That's the anointing. It's a river, and it's for all of us. Every single one of us. It doesn't matter if you're called to the fivefold ministry. This supernatural energy, this power from God is what changes people. This is what changes people. I got to get a sip of coffee. I don't know about y'all, but I need the anointing for everything, every single thing in my life, every single thing. I'm what you call an overachiever. Not because I'm anything great, but because I done tapped into something I met 20 years ago in this church. I, I went to Baptist church. I went to Catholic church. I never experienced anything like I did in 1999 when Pastor Butch Lebeau laid his hands on me at the home of grace and something on the inside began to bubble up in my spirit and I'm like whoa what was that oh my god 
There was like an energy that went into me. There was like a power that went into me. I, I don't know what it is, but it tastes like love. It tastes like peace. It tastes like joy. It tastes like I want more of it. I can't stop eating it. And ever since that time he laid hands on me, I'm like, there's something different on this pastor, Bush Lambeau, who was like 45 at the time. We've been together a long time, me and PB. And I've been rubbing on his anointing for 20 plus years, or right at 20 years. It's good to rub on other people's anointing. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the blockages to the anointing, right? So, so the goal is, so the goal is this. I think and I believe that people in this church are acquainted with the anointing. Every single one of us probably in this Wednesday night service has come up to an altar call and has been touched, have felt the presence of God, has experienced God in supernatural ways that were beyond the natural capacity. But we didn't stay in it. We didn't live in it. We didn't walk in it. And so what I want to talk about is the things that block us from walking in it full time. Tap your neighbor and say full time anointing. I believe that many, many people have tapped into this now, like your Heidi Bakers, your Ty Weiss, these people, they're not moved, man. They're not, they're not turned away. They are who they are all the time. And, and, and I'm so interested, and I'm walking and working toward that goal, and we'll do it together as a church to come in agreement with a full-time anointing, 100% victory, 100% of the time. The only time I'm not going to get victory is if I'm not in the anointing. And that means that I'm in the flesh or in the carnal nature, right? Number one, blockages to the anointing. If you have your pamphlet, this will be the first one. Number one is people having no respect and no reverence for God and for the moving of his spirit. I'm going to tell you where I see this the most at. More than any other place in 20 years. The altar calls. The altar calls in the church. I've seen it so many times where we're working with people that need a breakthrough and we know their situation because we've counseled them and I listen to an anointed worship set where the prophetic river of God's anointing is flowing in the worship and there's all kinds of beautiful things coming forth. Then I hear Pastor Butch get up here and preach and I mean it's red hot and no one does an altar call like Butch LeBove. I've been all around the nation with him. No one does it. I've never seen anyone. Maybe Steve Hill. I don't know. But my God, that man does an altar call. And yet they sit in that seat and they do not move. And I'm thinking, I know what you're struggling with. And there's an anointing at this altar. And yet you're not going up there. For You know what that is? That's disrespect for the move of God. And some people have even criticized what we do here or how we do things. But you know what? I know it's real. I know. Hey, listen, I am a pastor in this church, and I will make more altar calls than you because I love the anointing. I want my heart open. I want to be restful. I want to be peaceful. I want to be full of God. And if something's not right in me, I want to get it right. When would you want to get it right? And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God. Why you didn't go to the altar call? The power of God was there to help you. I sensed it. I knew it. I felt it. And you didn't go, man, I don't know about all that. 
no respect. And I'm telling you, that happens all the time. So often we come to church full of TV, full of strife, with our family, and full of bad attitudes. You know what's the deadest service you'll ever want to see? Probably in any church across America. The service after the Thanksgiving holiday. I want you to earmark that in your mind right now and check it out this Thanksgiving coming. And hopefully we can turn the tide this year because we come in here so full of turkey and like we've been chilling for three or four days. We don't watch every episode of It's a Wonderful Life. We didn't had enough. Watch Macaulay Culkin. We've watched. That's a real word. Don't, don't even think about it. Nothing. All right. So number one is people having no respect and no reverence for God. We're talking about blockages to the anointing, things that block the anointing or the moving of his spirit. I just told you about Chris, how in that moment there was a part of you that, you, you know, you wanted to do it, but, you know, just that flesh held you back. And, and so God's moving, not just in the church, but even in your own life, but especially in the church. I want to ask you a question tonight. How often do you prepare, you, us, we, all of us, prepare for a service by praying for the service and praying for our pastor in the service? Or do we just show up and be like, pastor, feed me. How much have we invested in the anointing? How much respect have we shown for the service that we're coming into? Or are we brushing our teeth in the morning saying, Father, I thank you that my pastor has my destiny set up in his loins, and I'm going to call it out in the name of Jesus because there's a word in him that's going to set me free. There's a word in him that's going to get me where I need to get. So I'm declaring it and decreeing it today, God, that your anointing is going to flow, that your power is going to flow. Somebody's going to get set free. Somebody's going to get healed. Somebody's going to get touched. Are we praying like that? Are we? So we can honestly say, Bible school, tonight, that we got some work to do. We got some work to do. We need to prepare for these service with respect that God's going to show up. I guarantee if Jesus was coming in this place bodily, every single one of us would go on a three-day fast. Be like, Lord, call me out. Show yourself to me. I'm like blind Bartimaeus. Eh? We'd be looking for any edge, any favor. I said a bad word. I already decided in my heart, my mind, hot, hot. All right. Let's see how many bad words I say, all right? Not bad words, but like. Listen, the coffee's getting to me. I'm going to have fun tonight. Y'all want to have fun? We can just have fun. Let's just be family, man. So, all right. Did I spit on you, Jen? Okay, just let me know. If I spin on you, let me know. Because I'm like watching. I can see everything from the light. Hopefully, y'all don't see it. All right, number two. Number two, unholy living, blockages to the anointing. Unholy living or living in strife with people. Unholy living or living in strife with people. 
The time has come for the body of Christ to walk in purity and unity. We must live right. Sin always weakens the anointing. Let me tell you something from my own experience that I have learned and I've seen over and over again. One of the things that blocks the anointing faster than anything else, it's a sin, but it's probably not as you suppose, sanctified saints of God. It's our words. What we say. I can't tell you how many times I have been flowing in a grace that I knew was the supernatural work and joy and the power and the grace and just all the goody goodies in me. And something comes out of my mouth. And just like Chris described, You know, I got, I got to repent, Lord. And I'm constantly in that place like, Lord, did I say something wrong? I don't, I don't want to speak words that are corruptible. I don't want to speak words that are not in alignment with your heart and not in alignment with your word, God. I want to speak right because I'm telling you nothing will stifle the flow of the anointing faster than your words. When our words are anti-anointing, the anointing will flee. You will not walk in it. The good news is this is that you can repent and come back. But sometimes that's dependent and contingent upon your revelation of the cross and how deep-seated that is in your heart, how much you understand the blood and the efficacy of what Jesus Christ did for us on that cross. Contingents, are, that's, the, that's the swinging door to come back into the anointing. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've been up here doing an altar call and preaching, and I'm telling you the power is so strong I can't even find words to go along with the power. That's a problem sometimes for me. Like, I mean, like, I can't, I, I'm looking for a word to express and explain what I know I'm feeling, and I can't find it. There's none. And so y'all pray for me. I need that. I, I'm serious. I need that. That's like one of my, that's like crisis in my life. Like when, when the anointing is really flowing, when I'm preaching and I feel the power of God moving, like the Easter service Sunday, man, I felt it so strong, I couldn't find words to connect. Words are so powerful, and I'm telling you, it's, it will block the anointing in our life. Sin always weakens the anointing. You know, another thing that will weaken the anointing, we're talking about strife with people, is if I get in an argument, this beautiful woman right here, and she will remind me in First Peter, it says... If you dwell with your wife with understanding, are y'all pray? Look, she knows. She, that's the only scripture she knows in the whole Bible. That's the only one she memorized. She's like, it ain't doing you no good to pray until you make it right with me. <laughs> well, I don't know why you're going to the prayer closet. <laughs> Nothing breaks the flow of the anointing, like when I'm in disagreement with my wife, I, I can almost not even function. That shows me how dependent and how hungry and how much in need I am for the anointing in my life. And when there is conflict between me and her, or watch this, conflict even with my family. When there's conflict in my family, same thing. Recently I had a, we'll just call it a disagreement with Gabriel, my oldest son. And you know, he's at that age where, you know, he's like a lot of, lot of testosterone beginning to flow. 
And so my boys are like alpha males, right? They are. And so, like, they don't like to be subjective to anybody. And so they're very aggressive. And so I went in there. Anyway, so <laughs> it just wasn't, it wasn't what it was supposed to be, all right? I kind of did some things different. It's called walking in the spirit, right? So anyway, I come to church, and I'm like, oh, my God, Wednesday was so beautiful. I, this is the reunion. This is during the reunion. And, oh, my God, I touched Jake in that night, Wednesday night, then we went ahead dinner with him and I'm just telling you the flow of the anointing was so great and then Thursday was amazing I'm at the job and, and I'm just like super productive because I know the anointing is on me and I'm just singing praises to God and then I get in a conflict with my son and whoop Thursday night I show up right before it's time to do the giving teaching pastor comes over to me he's like hey you're gonna do the giving teaching tonight I don't have no anointing right now. Oh, God. Hold on, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Trying to get the anointing flowing. <laughs> hey, man, I had to, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Help Jesus. So I'm like, come up with me. <laughs> I said, here, you go first. Um, and you remember, I was Mr. Polite Husband. You remember that night? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, good husband. <laughs> <laughs> so I, first. <laughs> I was trying to work off of her anointing. <laughs> Come on, Jesus, can we be real tonight? Unholy living or living in strife with people. You know, it's time that the body of Christ walk in purity and you know, let me just tell you this. You're not going to come in this church and walk in unity and in purity if you don't have your family right. If your family is off, Boogie Dano, you're not going to be, you're going to be off in here too. You've got to get that foundation right. We've got to have our family and our relationships right if we're going to see the unity and the purity flow through here. James 4.1 says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from the desires of pleasures that war in your members? You can track all contention in the church back to that scripture, James 4.1. Do they not come to the dissension, to the contention, to the, the, the criticalness between one another? It comes from desires of our pleasure that war in our members. Wow. I'm going to tell you this. We will really see an anointing when we become one. When we truly love one another, when we truly take off the, the false face, we truly take off, okay, yeah, everything's all right. No, everything ain't all right. Let's stop being surface. And let's say, no, man, I'm, okay, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm going through it. <laughs> I, I saw a guy I haven't seen in 28 years, y'all, at, at the gym the other day, and I'm um, at Planet Fitness, and uh, I see, I was like, oh. He said, are you Kevin Ray? I said, are you Richard Hall? Yeah! And we like just hugging and loving each other. I haven't seen him in like 28 years. And I'm like, oh my God. He's like, wait, what, what have you been? I said, bro, I got saved, man. Like Jesus changed my life. He said, I'm effing saved too. So! <laughs> Is that okay? We having fun tonight, right? <laughs> 
All right, is anybody recording this? All right, okay. Hey, look, take a picture of everyone that's in here. If this gets out, I'm coming for each one of you. All right. Number three, we're going to move on from this one, all right? Number three. Man, we got eight to go through, and I got like two minutes. All right, here we go. Number three, not spending time in God's word and in prayer. Let me just tell you this. If you get this one right, the other seven can kind of like, they're not as prevalent if you get this one right. This is the most important thing for the anointing to flow in your life. You have got to spend time, and that's the key. Spend time. And here's the deal, guys. Look, money is not the greatest commodity you have. The greatest commodity you have is time because you can't go make any more. And what you do with that time is going to determine how the anointing flows and how unshakable you are in God's presence and in life. And so the biggest thing, Jesus said this, pray lest you enter temptation. Pray lest you enter temptation. Listen, when we talk about temptation to a church group, normally we're not talking about go and get loaded on crack and go and get loaded on heroin. Sometimes we are, but most of the time, the temptation is to not believe in yourself. The temptation is to believe in the lie. But guess what? If I'm in the presence of God and Almighty God is speaking to me about me, I ain't going to believe that garbage. I'm not going to fall into temptation because the enemy is coming against your confidence because if he can put your confidence out, he can put your witness out, he can put your light out, and you're not going to be afraid. He gets drunk off of that. The devil gets drunk off of making your life he loves to see you spun out of control. He loves to see you worked up. He loves, to, he loves it. I'm telling you, if you could see behind the backdrop of the spirit world, the demons are having a party because of what they're doing to you. But I'm telling you, the anointing is the answer. The anointing breaks the yoke. Somebody say that with me. The anointing breaks the yoke. Do you believe that? Yeah. I have to penetrate the veil. Every day I call it, I have to penetrate the veil of my flesh and get beyond my carnal mindset and get into the fourth dimension, into the presence of God. As the scripture says in Ephesians, it, it talks about four different dimensions. And that fourth dimension that goes beyond understanding is the dimension of God. And I have to step in there, get something out of that dimension and step back over here with a power that's greater than the dimension that I'm living in. And if you don't do that every day, for me personally, if I don't do that every single day, every day, I will miss opportunities. And I could say one thing wrong. I could say one thing wrong. And we'll mess people up for the weapons of our warfare and our carnal, but mighty through God or through the anointing to the pulling down of strongholds. We're talking about not spending time with God and prayer. You know, the way I see it, is prayer produces power. Everybody say that. Prayer, prayer. produces power. 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 The word, say it with me, word. produces, produces. Seed. seed. This is how it works. I've been in prayer. God gives me a word for someone. I speak that word into their heart by the power of prayer. And it seeds that word in that heart, 
And then the word that I spoke to him that came from God or came from the Logos written word is then there as a remembrance that they can tap into that seed and that seed can grow on the inside of them. It's only going to come by prayer in the word. And so I've had prophets speak things over me or I've had the Holy Spirit speak to me. Words that are seated in my heart that when I think of the word, the anointing begins to flow in me. And the more I think about it, the more I pray into it, the more I meditate on it, the greater and the stronger the power of it is. Do y'all see that? So the power is prayer. The word is the seed that we sow in the hearts. I was in prayer the other night, last Tuesday night. And there was a brother in the church that was really struggling, and I didn't know it, but I'm sitting in my prayer closet, and I'm trying to get past my own stuff, and all of a sudden, I hear, this is what I hear. I believe God speaks. And as I'm sitting there, I hear these words. Such and such is going to call you tomorrow. Tell me the Holy Ghost ain't got a sense of humor. He said, answer your phone. Just like that. Because I don't answer my phone all the time. Amen. Some of y'all know that. <laughs> Especially when I'm in meditation and quiet time. I ain't about to pick up your, your call. Because I'm with God. Right. Now, there have been times that I've been in meditation and prayer, and somebody's calling, and I'll feel like I'm supposed to answer it. And I'll answer it. And so I'm like, okay, okay, God. And so <laughs> next morning I sit down in my little prayer spot. As soon as I sat down, the phone rang. You're amazing. Now, I prayed for that guy the night before. The guy calls me, he said, crying, weeping on the phone. He says, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to change. Now, I wouldn't have got that if I wouldn't have been in prayer. Okay, so I was a link to this guy's salvation. But you know where I got it from? The power came from prayer. Now, watch this. He says, I need to meet with you now. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. I ain't even have two sips of coffee yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're going to have to give me at least a 715. <laughs> so, so we meet him. We, we counsel him. We talk. We, we figure the plan out for him. And, oh, my God, when, I prayed for, when we prayed for him, my God, the power of God was there. Now, if I wouldn't have been in prayer, it wouldn't have been there. Not only was the, was the, was the power there, but God gave me words for him that with that power seated into his heart. And I saw him for the next three to four days walking around with life and hope and just a different countenance that God was going to do something in his life. And he had no reason to do it. But because I was obedient, I was in the prayer place. You see, that's, we have to make time for God. We're talking about blockages of the anointing. How many of y'all would like to hear the word of God for someone else's life? Man, we should, we should live by that bread. We should be constantly, how many of y'all have been to Lambert's the Throne Roll place in Alabama where they just hump them rolls? Like, hey, you want to roll? Right there, Rizzo, coming at you, baby. Woo! And they just throw it across, across the room like I'm talking like Drew Brees, man. And so we need to be like that in here. Somebody need to get down like said, hut. <laughs> there it is, right there. We need to be throwing words to each other all the time, man, because this is what I'm picking up from God. God's telling me this. Man, I've had teenagers prophesy over me. I'm not kidding you. Like, I needed a word one time. And boy, your, your niece, I'm not kidding you. She had me in the corner crying, crying. We need to believe for others. God, speak to us. 
Give us the answers. Give us the, the people. We are each other. Am I my brother's keeper? Absolutely. That's how we need to be, man. And I'm going to tell you, it's liberating. It's free when your focus is on other people and not yourself. Oh, it's such a good feel. All right, we got to move on, y'all. All right, number four. Oh, my God, I got to do it. All right, I got to read one thing. Just one thing on number three. I'm sorry, y'all. I really, I, I, it's Rachel's fault. She preached for 15 minutes. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. That's really throwing you on the bus. I, I love you, Rachel. All right, concerning God's word and prayer, this is the lay patriarch Evan Roberts. Evan Roberts, this is what he said. Evan Roberts prayed for revival in his country of Wales for 10 to 12 years, day and night. When he led the Welsh revival at the age of 26 in 1904, he asked God for 100,000 souls. Within only six weeks, all of the country of Wales was on fire for God. He prayed for 10 to 12 years, day and night. People were weeping in the streets at 3 a.m. as the Spirit of God touched them. During the Welsh Revival, alcohol and gambling establishments went out of business and theaters closed down due to low attendance. Soccer games had neither players nor fans in the stand. Businesses closed early, daily, to accommodate the revival. Farm owners had to order new animals on their farms because their old animals didn't know how to respond to the owner's command since they, cursed, since they didn't curse anymore. Crime dropped. The police department had layoffs because they didn't have enough work for the employees. The Welsh Revival meetings had no choirs, no special ceremonies, no offerings, no committees, no song leaders, and no paid advertising. An entire society was transformed by the power of God through prayer. Through prayer. We want to see our community change. We got to start praying. I just had to say that. All right, number four. Neglecting the gifts of God in your life will hinder you. Neglecting the gifts of God will hinder you. Remember the parable of the talents. You must use, exercise, and put to work what God has invested in your life. Everyone has gifts. Every single person in this room has gifts. And sometimes I remember, man... I remember going out and doing evangelism. I used to lead teams out of this church. I hadn't in the last maybe year or so. Maybe, yeah, well, I did the 4th of July, and we did October 31st. But I was doing it all the time. Like, I mean, like almost every other month, every month, we were going to another community. And I remember, man, I remember seeing people in the church that were just like flawless with their words and great communicators. But I could not get them to host their gift with us. And what we were doing. And it used to really frustrate me. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, man, why don't you do something with that gift? That's just my little personal thing. It, and and it's, no, it's no scratch against anybody that, you know, didn't go with us. Listen, I'm all good. Everybody. But my point is, people have gifts that are not being used. And so people wonder why. Why, why is the favor of God? Why is the influence of God on that person's life? And it's not on mine. Well, are, are, you, are you using your, are you taking your talents and sowing them into the kingdom? What are you doing with your gifts, with your talents? Me, I'm a talker. That's what I do. I just talk. I like to talk. You know, so 
Like, I got it from my mama. Anybody met my mama? Oh, my baby. He's Kevin Ray. I love. Oh, he's my only son. Anybody got indoctrinated by my mama? Anyway, she's a talker, man. And we always like, where's my mama? She done got a family somewhere up in here. Where, where she's at? Like at the restaurant, it don't matter where we at. She's looking for somebody. She's going to say, where are you from? And it's over right there. They don't even know. They don't even know. They about to be hung for 30 minutes, right? And so I'm like that. I'm a talker, right? That's my gift. And so God uses me in talking. I, I mean, really, in business, in sales, as, you know, as, as a leader. God uses me to talk. And so, so, so I need, like, a lot of good content, right? So y'all give me some content. So anyway, no, I get it from the Bible. So, 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 so your gifting. We all have giftings. What do you do when you're giftings? Like, sometimes I don't want to talk. I remember Jay Tragel and I was in uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and we were shopping to get our little groceries because we were on vacation. And when I'm on vacation, I don't like to preach. I don't like to talk. I'm off, right? I don't want to use my gift. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, minister to that man. I'm like, no, I don't want to. I really didn't want to. Like, I, come on. Y'all, y'all acting holy like y'all, y'all ain't ever fe- Y'all always feel like preaching to people about Jesus, right? So I really didn't want to. And so I pulled one of these, Lord. If I see him again, like 12 times on the same aisle, no. If I see him again, Lord, I'm going to talk to him. That's what I said. I said, if that was really you, if, if that's you speaking to me. And so I'm running my buggy. And, and I'm like, not kidding you, literally, and Jay's right next to me, literally when I turn the corner, our buggy's like, wow. And I look up, and it's the guy. And I'm like, oh, my God, Jesus. And so... I know this is an assignment from heaven. And I'm like, I'm like, so I'm like, what do you say? You're in Tennessee. You don't know the guy. You're like, hey, do you like those apples? Like, hey, what about them oranges? You know, I mean, what, <laughs> where do you start at, right? But I'm a talker. And you just got to believe in the gift that God's given you. And so, man, I'm right there now. And I'm just having a look up at his hat. And guess what he was wearing? Oh, yeah, he had number the hood hat on. Straight up. I'm like, Woo! I was like, yeah, who that, baby? And so that opened up the whole dialogue, and we started talking. And before you know it, we had, Jay and I had his whole family in the produce section, and we're all holding hands. His daughter, his wife, him, and we're praying. And let me just tell you, the anointing was flowing. I couldn't shut up. I'm like, da 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 And then Jay's, like, giving him, like, park tickets and everything else. And, man, like, this thing is just hot, y'all. And I, we're right in the middle of Walmart. And this lady, right, here she comes with a buggy. She's like, good job, brother. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people have told me, like, oh, I want to do I wanted to pray for that person too. Like believers have seen me pray for people in public squares and they would come up to me and say, you know, I, I felt like I was supposed to talk to that person. I can't tell you how many times. Your gift, what God's called you to, when you exercise it and practice it, whatever it is, it gives someone else permission to do what you do. It causes someone else to get the courage and the boldness to step out in the area when what you do. That's true. 
when, when, you, when you are faithful. And listen, I wasn't like, I, I, and, and, and this is what the lady didn't know. You don't know the hundreds I've talked to that just like it went bad. But I'm a talker. That's my gift. I'm going to work in my gift. Even if it goes wrong, I'm not going to stop. Even if you're serving, even if you're giving, and you're not seeing the results coming back, don't stop. Keep working in your gift. Whatever the gift is, you keep sending it up before the Lord. It's a sacrifice unto the Lord. And then, boom, that anointing is going to grab a hold of that gift. And what you're called to, you're going to see the results of God come through it. I know it, man. I've lived it. I've lived it. All right, so neglecting the gift. Number five, allowing yourself to become entangled in the affairs of this life will hinder your anointing. Wow. Man, watch out for and guard yourselves against the cares of this life. Work cares, money cares, ministry cares. I have found that this is the biggest hindrance to the anointing on my life right here. Busyness, being under Satan's yoke, is what I constantly am challenged with and I'm constantly struggling with. I'm constantly trying to get my head above the water to breathe. And it's not a good place to be. Not a good place. I oftentimes have to retreat into a quiet place because if I don't, I'm going to go, I'm going to do something fleshly. I'll feel myself get right to that point. And so our goal as believers is to make room for the anointing in our life. And how do you do that? Well, here's how. It's time that we start praying into God, change my schedule so I can spend more time with you. We need to start believing God that we have a conducive schedule that's not going to cause us to come under the affairs of this. And, and I don't really believe most people here are running after money. I don't believe that that's most people's motive. You know, I, I think the responsibilities and the weights and, and, and children and, and having a husband and, and having to do the duties that we have to do, just being in this world and being in this society, the way it is set up is part of the cause, but we can believe for greater. I believe that. And if we'll make a prayer declaration and begin to walk in that, in that direction and begin to start stepping out in faith towards it, that is my, that is my aim I, for the next year is I am trying and believing and stepping out toward making and creating more time because this world is, is brutal, man. It'll take your soul. And so I don't want to live in that, and it will flow. I heard David Husky say this. This is the last thing on this point. He said, I had dinner with him with Pastor Butch, and he was telling us stories. And when I sit down with men of God, I don't say nothing. I just listen. And so they talking, and I'm just listening to them. And Husky says, you know, he was talking about his praise and worship leader. And he said, man, I had this praise and worship leader. And he said, this praise and worship leader led worship for five years, man. And he's like, every single time he got behind the keyboard, the anointing flow. He's like, heaven invaded the building. He said, one day he came into the church and he said, man, I looked at him. His eyes were all red and bloodshot. He had his work boots on and he got up on the platform and he, play, and he said, nothing. It was the flattest service he had ever been in. And so after the service, he went to his praise and worship leader and he said, hey, man, what's going on? Well, are you okay? And he's like, man, I've been working 16 hours a day. I'm just tired. 
I've been so tired I can't even pray. I've been at that place, and that's not a good place to be. And so that is one thing that will block the flow of the anointing. It is our responsibility to rest. Listen, I, I am a firm believer in the Sabbath day. And when I say Sabbath, I mean a complete day off. We should all be believing that we can have one whole day that we can just get replenished. You know on the Sabbath, the way God ordered it, he did not even allow the Israelites to come out of their tents. Read it in the Old Testament. You stayed in your house all day. I call it having a bedhead day. You just like PJ'd out, your hair's like crazy. You got bad breath because you ain't even, like God, I ain't brushing my teeth today because I don't want work, you're like, I, I'm eating nothing but leftovers or I'm doing takeout today. I'm, I'm telling you, I want to build people that know how to rest in God. I, but I got to learn first. And I've been trying to turn this ship around for like three years. So I'm just telling you, the struggle is real. But we are moving in that direction in Jesus' name. All right, number six, y'all, we're almost done. I'm going to try to go through these quick. Another blockage to the anointing is not respecting the ministry, ministry gifts that God has set in the church. Ministry grill. I'm going to say the first part of this sentence, and y'all finish it, okay? If I don't receive the message, I won't receive the... Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't say it right. Let me say it again. I love y'all so much. If I don't receive the messenger, I won't receive the... Yes. Don't let a personality conflict with the preacher keep you from getting what he's got on him. Because a lot of times, you don't like him because you don't like something about him. You know, something he said might have rubbed you the wrong way or, or just the way he carries himself or the way he preaches or the way he spits or the way he speaks words or, or how much he runs around the church or whatever the case is. Don't let your personality conflict with a minister. Listen, I remember being at the home of grace. And listen, where we were, they had preachers come every single night. And these guys were from the backwoods of Alabama, Mississippi. They led praise and worship on a comb and a toothpick. You think I'm lying. I'm not. I'm not kidding you. And if you looked at the outward, you, and I'm like, I'm at the River Church. I see big ministers, right? No, that wasn't my, my heart. I needed help. I needed change. I was hungry. Whatever that God had to say, if he was preaching a word, he had something I needed. And, man, I'm telling you, I sat under those old Baptist preachers, and they preached, and, my God, did I get put on fire for Jesus. And in a place that didn't even preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because my heart was open. Give it to me. I don't care what you look like. You missing teeth? That's fine. Come on, preach to me. Preach the word. I need something from you because I ain't right on the inside and I need God to change me. Don't matter, man. I, I'm telling you, I, I'm, there's people that'll come through here. I'm, you'd be surprised what they carry with God. And God will use the least likely minister to do something in you to break a yoke. And you're like, God, I never saw that coming. All right, number seven. Another hindrance to the flow of the anointing is compromising the message of God's word and the moving of the Holy Spirit because you want to be accepted, popular preacher. This is a struggle, man. 
all across America. Those preachers that wear them skinny jeans, you know what I'm talking about? Them tight express shirts. <laughs> Covenant Jason shirt. <laughs> no, I wear skinny jeans, but, but I, I have struggled with that, you know, wanting to be liked. I've witnessed to people, and, you know, I try to give it to them like the honey, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you need Jesus going to make your life better. Oh, yeah, you need He's amazing. Have you met my Savior? Oh, he'll bring love and peace and joy. They're looking at you like you're stupid. Ah, do you want to go to hell? Oh, my God, you need Jesus. You see the, the two sides of the spectrum? I've done it both ways and failed both ways. And I'm learning to be right in the middle. Because there is an element of it's the good news. It's good news that I'm preaching. It's bad news if you don't accept, if you don't believe according to Scripture. The Bible says that if you don't believe, well, you know what will happen. So it's finding that, find, that, that margin and, and staying in that. I had a dream one time, and in that dream, Billy, Billy Graham appeared to me in the dream. And there was 12 ministers in the room, and he points his finger at me, and he says, Son! You gotta tell them to repent. And I woke up. And I knew what it meant. I was going with the gospel soul winning script, and I was praying for people all over the place, getting leading them through the prayer. And I wasn't spending enough time on repentance. And it was just okay, I got how many you got today? I got four today. Yeah. I got two today. How many did you get this week? I got ten in the whole week. Man, that's amazing. You lead ten people to Christ, right? But this is what the message was. You not telling them they got to repent. Yeah, I bring them through it. Yeah, I repent of my sin. Do you come into my heart, forgive me of my sin? No, 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 no. You got to understand repentance is a change of mind, a change of your attitude, and a change of your way. You have to leave sin behind. You cannot hold on to sin and hold on to Jesus. You cannot. It will not work. And so I, I got rebuked in a dream by Billy Graham. So I'm going to tell him when I get to heaven, hey, thank you. All right, number eight. Are we on number eight? Y'all, we almost done. I'm sorry y'all kept y'all over. A lack of faithfulness. See, I know what it's like on a Wednesday night, and you ready to get home. I know you worked all day. Everybody worked today? Who didn't work today? For real, right? I'm jealous of y'all. All right, a lack of faithfulness is a hindrance to the anointing. Lack of faithfulness. Be faithful to your call in ministry. So my question to you is, how hungry are you for God? How hungry? How hungry? How hungry? If you're not hungry, let's just tell you what I do. I make myself hungry for him. I'll turn the TV off. I'll push the plate away. I'll put myself in a place where I have to be hungry for him. I do that because I don't ever want to lose my hunger because I know the hunger is what institutes or constitutes the anointing flowing through me. And my ability to receive comes from how hungry I am. That's the law of reciprocity. Reciprocity via Kevinese. Okay. All right. How thirsty are you for the anointing? If you're thirsty or if you're not thirsty, you need to position yourself around where the anointing is and see how desperate are you for the moving of the Holy Spirit. I'm pretty doggone desperate. That's not a curse word, I hope. 
All right, so how am I going to flow in the anointing? Number one is believe you are the person God says you are. Believe. One of the things that will stifle the anointing quicker than anything else is inner conflict when it comes to yourself. When it comes to what you believe about you. The devil's main goal is to make you believe you're someone else that you're not. He doesn't want you to ever find out who you truly are. If you ever find out who you are, you will tear up some placum and add us brewery and pour it out. I'm just telling you. It's going to get towed up if you find out who you are. Number two, believe you are where God says you are. In other words, you're seated in heavenly places. You are no longer in the kingdom of darkness, but you're in the kingdom of light. And number three, and I'm going to close with this, believe you can do what God says you can do. And here it is. The Bible says the believers will do this. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. How am I going to do that? By the anointing. It's not by my own stead. It's by the anointing. And every single one of us can flow in that anointing. It's just up to you how much room will you make for it in your life. How much you will prioritize it in your life. And how much you will surrender your will to the Father. He's ready to bless you. He's ready to pour out his anointing on you. He's ready to love you in a way that you've never. He's ready to take you on a ride. Listen, the devil's trying to take you on a ride, but God is like, no, man, grab a hold of my anointing. I'm going to show you what real life is. When you grab a hold of his anointing and you're obedient to what he tells you to do, that is adventure. That is life. And I believe in it. Amen. Anybody got anything? Anybody want to share anything? Come on. I actually thought the river had their own jingle. Because Grayson was up there and it was singing, uh, yes, I come alive in the river. And I have never heard that song before. But it was the very first song that I heard here. And I was like, this is awesome. So same thing you say about, you know, coming to the river. I feel awesome. I feel awesome. Come on. I feel the anointing. I feel a connection that I've never had before. That's awesome. So I just wanted to say that that when I came here and I haven't stopped, the only time I've ever missed was because I was on vacation. Yeah, come on. I've been here ever You've since. You've been faithful. Yeah, and God has been faithful to me. Amen. Yes. Um, it took me a little minute to get my tithes right. Yep. It's good. Yep. And God is blessing me too. Yeah, so. good testimony. Here you go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I'm going to let you use this. Okay. Yeah, I had missed some church for a while, and in the altar call, um, you were telling me that the Lord saw my suffering and that it broke his heart and that he had given me everything I needed, and so I went home and I was contemplating that, and I'm knowing, like, you have given me everything I needed, Lord, and I had even been telling him that for many months. You've given me everything, and I'm like, I know that I don't deserve any of this, and I've just... I know that I'm not really spoiled. I don't deserve it anymore, and I am miserable, and it's only that I've been acting spoiled. And then I was like, oh, and then I repented in my kitchen. I felt so bad. I had been acting spoiled. I, didn't, I knew I wasn't really, but I sure was acting like it. And then I busted out laughing because I'm like, I want that anointing that the Lord would speak that to someone and be able to tell me so kindly that I had been acting spoiled and it just whoop, like lifted off me. And I'm like, I'm good, man. I'm not again. That's good. <laughs> wow. You Bible students, I love y'all. Y'all carry the anointing, man. And you know, it, I was just thinking like, you know, I, I was, you know, at the end of service, you're always like seeing what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And I'm like thinking, should I pray for people? And then I think, I want them to pray for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you guys are Bible students who've made room for the anointing to come in your life. And it's refreshing to hear what's in your heart because out of your heart will flow rivers of power that is able to set each of us free. Anybody else want to take one or two more? Except Kyle. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the only reason I pick on him like that is because I love him. Yeah, he picked something. You heard him. He was teasing me about what I said, right? Bounds. Oh, here we go. Now we got to get the whole exhortation. <laughs> I love you, Kyle. <laughs> you ain't got three-point message in your pocket or nothing, huh? Let me see. <laughs> of course, the one time I actually feel the anointing, he messes with me. <laughs> that would be right. Chris was, talking, Chris was talking about earlier about the flesh and the spirit in his class, and I came up with this answer the Lord gave me. I said, the spirit is you. I said, one thinks it's you, and the other one is you. And so I've been believing this lie that I don't have a calling. I don't have a gift. I don't have a purpose. I don't have this. So I run because I don't believe I have it. And I have this thing in my life that, you know, I like to just please men. I like to get this pat on the back from men because, I, you know, I, don't, I feel like sometimes I don't get it from God. But what God's been showing me lately is that he shows me this, like, big stamp. And it says, God approved. Like, I, like I approve you. I'm like, how do you approve me? Like, I'm this worthless, you know, like I, I sin all the time. I mess up all the time. How do you approve me? And he showed me my spirit man, like the me that he sees every day. And I'm like, man, that can't be me. Like, that dude's more handsome than me. That dude's a lot more taller than me. That dude's, you know, cooler than me. And he said, that's you. He said, you just don't believe it's you. So now I'm, I'm no longer going to be a man pleaser. I'm going to be a God pleaser. 
stay up here. All right, Bible school students. Oh, I got a mic. I got two mics. Hey, so Bible school students, real quick. I want someone who feels a burn to talk to Kyle right now, prophetically. Now, I want to see who feels the burn. Thank you. I'm sorry, Kevin. I work for you. No, that's what I was looking for. He's my boss. Somebody I couldn't stay in their seat. I was going to do that. Kyle. Prophesy over me. Or talk oh, to Oh, Lord me. Jesus. Uh, anointing. anointing flow. Anointing flow. Oh, Lord Jesus. Kyle. It's like this curse that has been on you has got to lift off of you because you have yeah. confessed truth with your own mouth, yes. there is an approval, there is a communal approval of among us of you. Yes. And there is a stink that, that Satan tries to put upon you of disapproval. And that is a lie. It tries to emanate out of you. It's not anybody's heart for you because so many people love you and realize and recognize there is an anointing and a faithfulness in you. And we all want to see that come to fullness. God wants to see it come to fullness too. So the reason that you want these, uh, this approval for men is because you, you know that that is the kind of thing that you're going to be doing. Of course people are going to be seeing the fullness of you. Of course people are going to be seeing the fullness of the anointing on you. But the, more, the less you believe it, the more the total opposite is going to come at you from people who love you. So it's got to be a choice for you to take off that need for men's approval because it's done. You are approved by us. I love you. You are, my, you are a dear friend to me. And I see past that vanity that Satan tries to keep on you. And I see the true man of God, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him shine. You're going to be a totally different person when that scab comes off, when that old Band-Aid comes off when those old grave clothes come off of you, like they've never come off of you before. I've been waiting for, to see it. The Lord has been waiting to see it. And I prophesy it's got to come very soon because you have confessed with your mouth the truth. Amen. Yeah. The Bible says the anointing breaks the yoke. Before you leave today, tonight, if someone has a word for Kyle, either it's a word of knowledge, prophetic, please get with him. And uh, so anyone else, I, I, somebody's telling me it's probably time to leave, huh? <laughs> All right, hey, anyone else, just real quick, last one. All right, <laughs> Jesus is alive. All right, so we're, we're going to finish up with Ms. Nicole, if you would come up. Uh, Ms. Nicole is going to Honduras. <laughs> and John and Rachel and Ms. Becky, y'all come up, and we're going to pray for them. Y'all lay hands on her. John, would you lead? Jesus. Jesus. Father, we just thank you right now, God, for the work that you've done in Nicole's life and in Thomas's life. God, I thank you, Father, for this mighty woman of God. 
And as she embarks on this trip, on this mission trip, God, I thank you for your protection from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. I thank you, God, that you keep her in her going and you keep her in her coming. And I thank you right now, God, that she is going to touch so many lives. She is going to come back changed, but she is also going to speak into those into those people that she's going there to she's not just working on their mouth <laughs> that's just that's just a cover i thank you right now god that what's going to get reworked is not going to just be their dental i thank you right now god that she is going to change hearts as she's got them in the chair and they can't go anywhere <laughs> they're kind of trapped right there while you have them with their mouth open cleaning their teeth and i thank you that their hearts will be cleansed at the same time even if there's a language barrier god the, the anointing like kevin was speaking about tonight the anointing breaks the yoke and so i thank you lord that even as they're sitting in that chair you're going to be speaking over them nicole and they may not understand it in the, in their language, but they will understand it in their spirit. And I thank you that every single person you come in contact with, that the anointing on your life is going to be transferred by your touch. The anointing is transferred by touch as well. When you lay hands on them, <laughs> they are going to be transformed and they're going to carry it back to their families. And even the people who are there working that work, that you're going to be an encourager. That the Lord is going to use you. I pray that God just begins to to just open up gifts in you that you never knew you had. That they're just going to come alive. You're going to begin to, he's going to begin to show you things about people. And you're going to speak it and you're going to see the evidence of it being exactly what he showed you. He's going to encourage them and he's going to encourage you in the same breath. Because that's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. And so I thank you for every person that's going on this trip. Jesus. For protection. And for an infilling. And I pray that Dr. Guidry gets rocked on this trip. I agree. He used to come to that Butch's That the spirit meeting. of the Lord would just go deeper into him. And that you and Kathy are going to just... Be vessels to even speak into his life. Yes. Father, I pray Loose the anointing, fresh, fresh, fresh touch, fresh fire on her going. Holy. I just see dreams coming to you on this trip. I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night with dreams, holy visitations from the Father on your assignment, a fresh touch for you, the Lord will do, holy visitation in the room, weighty glory, will walk in, I see you and Kathy in the room just laughing, and the Lord is going to replenish and reward you as you, the more you give out, the more he'll give in. The more you give out, the Lord will pour right back in more and more, double. He will do a double fold. Amen. Never the same in Jesus' name. Girl, you're going to come back on fire. You're going to lose the fire on all of us. The fire you receive is the fire you're going to give. And I pray that it would expand into an unquenchable oh, 
wildfire, Lord. Lord, change your family from the inside out. Lord, let it affect every part of her life and everyone she comes in contact with. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, guys, I love you so much. How many weeks y'all have left for Bible school? Three weeks. All right. Let me, let me say a quick prayer. I just want to declare and decree some things, and you, can, you are dismissed. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you, Father, for the anointing.